Hey, y'all, this is Killer B's world-famous comedian and part-time swimsuit model. You're listening to the Straight Hustling Podcast with my buddy, Richard and them. Hey, y'all, y'all, did I ever tell you about the time my brain molecules were rearranged by an electric shock and I turned into a race car? Hello, this is Dick Darren with StraightHustling.com. I got my boy, Money Mike. Stu on the side over here. We got Killer B's coming on the show, big comedian, does a lot of tours down here comes to nashville a lot it's going to be at zany's coming up march 19th through the 22nd what do y'all think about uh killer bees coming on the show tonight oh we're excited i can't believe it yeah it's he's got some funny stuff out there i was listening to some of his stuff trying to catch up on him he's got some some straight shit going yeah on. he's pretty cool he got a lot of nascar stuff so hopefully we can talk to him about his career and comedy and he turns on some of these nascar races maybe we can get ricky bobby on the show do a little interview and, oh, come uh, on. What about Swerving Irvin? Hey, Big Dick, why don't you grab that phone? Somebody's calling in. All right, let's do this. Hello. How you doing? Killer Bees. How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? Awesome, man. It's great to have you on the show, man. We really appreciate you talking to us. We yeah, got... my pl- my pleasure, dude. So how's it coming, getting the thing up and running? Oh, man. What's it, that like? It's awesome. I got a couple of my buds here. I got uh, myself and I got... My buddy over here, Money Mike, and I got my other buddy, Stu, and, uh, you know, we're getting it rolling, and, man, it's just amazing to be able to talk to you like uh, yourself, Killer Bees, man. I've been listening to you forever. You know, you've been coming to Nashville for a long time, so when I got the confirmation you were coming on, man, we were super excited. <laughs> well, good, man. So we want to talk to you about your uh, Zany show. It looks like you're going to be at Zany. It's March 19th through the 22nd. Dude, that's awesome that you know that. I, swear, I don't even know my schedule. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know I, mean? I don't want to hear, man. I don't want to hear about having to leave until it's tomorrow. <laughs> you know, well, we can start giving you a call. All the travel plans. So, I bet you got a lot of good miles, though. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Thirty three years. Yeah, right. That's right. a uh, yeah. That's that's a long time, dude. Yeah, man. Zany's good food, drinks, and they always have a lot of good talent there. You know, kind of what's uh, what's your take on Zany's here in Nashville? Man, I, I got to tell you, I love Zanies. That has uh, that's been my home club, if you will. I uh, started my stand-up career in Jackson, Mississippi, way back in old timey days, and we had no comedy clubs in the entire state, so it was just like terrible venues, dude. Just you know, uh, biker bars, hotel lounges, country music bars between bands, that kind of stuff. Just really tough hard to do stand-up so when i really decided to get into it full time i moved to uh to nashville and the guy that was running nashville at the time was lenny sisselman and um lenny was my first manager and he was uh really responsible for for getting me started out there on the circuit and getting some uh national notoriety so I think that was like in either 84, 85, something like that. And uh, since then, they're saying that I have done more performances at Zany's Nashville than anybody in the history of that showroom. So it's been, it's been a, a really cool relationship that I've had with Zany's. And they, uh, you know, remain one of the elite best uh, clubs in the nation because of their one their longevity and two they bring in you know dynamite acts man you, you know you've been in there you've seen the pictures man Leno Robin Williams everybody so so it's a um, uh, it's an iconic 
room in America. So it's really cool to um, to to be good buddies with them and to have spent yeah, right. so much of uh, of my life there. Yeah, we go there all the time. We love it there. Actually, we're trying to get Money Mike to come on the stage there and do a little uh, comedian, do a little uh, open mic itself. Maybe you could squeeze him in on your show. Yeah, we'd, we'd need a tranquilizer dart. Oh, more than likely. That's really that's some of the supplies that you just want to get together. Get a tra- tranquilizer gun and a, a net that you can throw over them, <laughs> and then, it, then we're good to go. That way, see, that way we've got any eventuality covered. Here's what happens. Here's when people go too long on stage. It's when they're either doing really good or really bad. So... So, yeah, right. uh, I'd probably be the latter. Yeah, you want to be prepared in case he's killing and gets all starstruck <laughs> and you can't get him down. And you want to be able to get him down if he's sucking and they're hating him and he can't get a laugh to get off stage with. There you go. That'd, so, be it. That'd probably be the one that would happen. <laughs> well, I was, you know what, you know what, though, see, you have to put that message of hope in there, so it might be that he's doing that well. If that don't work out, maybe he can be like a bodyguard or something for you. You might be have that up. Be the anesthesiologist, people that wake him up or sedate him. And I've seen it all go on, dude. I'm 33 years on stage. I have done, I don't know how many thousands of shows and there is always waiting right around the bend there's some weird show or weird <laughs> happening in an audience you know that that's one of the things that makes it fun doing it live is you never know what the heck you know and it may not just be you on stage it might be something totally unrelated you know i did a show one time where the police chased a perpetrator into the showroom. We're chasing him down the road, and he wrecked his car in the front yard of the Punchline Comedy Club in Augusta, Georgia. Oh, that's awesome. And Wait. the cops chased him into the building trying to pepper spray him. And, dude, he was quick. He was like a ninja. They, he was jumping over tables and rolling on the floor. And so, like, about 50 people, innocent show viewers got a uh, pepper sprayed and stuff so that was kind of cool man everybody hit the emergency exits because the room was filling up with tear gas and all that so you never know man that's one of the things that makes it so cool for people to see live stand up you know the ambiance of the room and what else goes on is kind of gets lost in translation on tv so so anybody listening to my voice if you get a chance, go see some stand-up done live because that's when the, the electricity's there. Oh, yeah, we love going to uh, see live comedy as, as often as we can. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I love going there and laughing. It kind of takes you away from everyday working and things like that. Hey, while we got you on here, uh, what do we call you? We call you Killer Bees, Killer Bees, yeah, or yeah, Mr. Bees? Call me, call me Bees, man. My bees. name is Truett Beasley. And everybody call me B since I was a little bitty. You know how that abbreviates your name. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, when I was in Jackson, Mississippi, I was a blues guitar player. And I'd run out in front of whatever little garage band and do my little guitar solo. And people that knew me would go, that was killer, bees." <laughs> and people that, that awesome didn't story. know me thought that that was my stage name as a guitar player. So-and-so band was killer bees on guitar. So... So that's how that all came about. So when I started doing stand-up, the last weekend of June 1982, 
I kept that stage name, Killer Bee's Best Buzz in Town, because I thought people <laughs> would remember it. Oh, they so, will, uh, and they have. Well, it served me well, you know. Los Angeles hates it, but uh, but people <laughs> they're getting in remembered it. As soon as they find out that it's one person, you know, that it's not a group, well, it always sticks with them, you know, and it's just to play off yeah. of my last name. Well, they call Mike here the best buzz in town, usually. Do what, man? I said they call my buddy Mike here usually the best buzz in town around here. <laughs> well, it depends on if he spends the right money. <laughs> You can't go rot gut and get the best buzz. <laughs> you got that right. Oh, you're exactly right. Where do you live? Where do you actually live? Uh, what's your uh, home I am, location? I am, I'm down on the Gulf Coast in Mobile. Oh, cool. Mobile, Alabama. We're on the. We're down on the bottom end of I-65. So, so that's where that's where we hang out. We're out a little bit west of town near the airport, so that we can fly in and out. Yeah. Um, on those trips that we decide to uh, to not drive, I enjoy driving to gigs. I enjoy going by by motor vehicle because I can take more of my stuff with me. Yeah, me too. I, I, you I like you, to you drive. know, and, and and I just man, I just hate the the tension and the stress that I feel trying to make my flights. You Do know, and worrying you? about my luggage and so forth and so on. So. Any any time it's feasible, I would rather just travel the highway. There's more stuff to see. You can stop and eat goofy food. You can take pictures of stupid signs. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you got all them people you know, that recognize you. So every time you go somewhere, it'd be fun. You know, it's like, oh man, there's killer bees. Well, the guy at the loves truck truck stop goes, man. I've heard your voice. Are you on John Boy and Billy? And I go, <laughs> I've been on that radio show for a million times over twenty five yeah, years. Right. So it's a lot of fun, but you know, you get to eat good, you know, gas yeah. station chicken wings. Hell yes! <laughs> I eat them every morning. The chili cheese dogs. I like a chili cheese dog, but let me tell you what: do not put mustard on my chili cheese dog. <laughs> to me, that ruins the vibe of a chili. What uh, what other chili do you put freaking mustard in? None. None. Not a damn thing. Give me a chili cheese dog with onions, no freaking mustard. That's what I want. And I like onion rings, but I don't like the big giant ones. I like little bitty shoestring looking onion ring, uh, onion rings, oh, yeah. little uh, thin stuff. Well, we got a few notes so, here we wanted to ask you about. I don't know. Stu, did it, <laughs> Stu either did a background check or he's been stalking you for a little while. I don't know where we got all this from, but uh, killer, I'm not stalking you. I just wanted to make sure you weren't getting all this junk mail. <laughs> It's but, uh, stalking when you get caught. <laughs> instead, yeah, yeah. Of, instead of age four, you lived in a funeral home? Yeah. Man, did yeah, you get a lot first, of laughs yeah, there? dude, the first home I ever remember living in was a funeral home in Kosciuszko, Mississippi. We lived upstairs oh, in, a, in an apartment, two or three-bedroom apartment. I was a little kid above this funeral home. So I kind of had the run of the place when I was a toddler. And I can remember all the people that would come and go every day. Me and my sister would sit up on the steps and watch these sad people come and go. And I learned way back then that I could make these people laugh and smile just with my presence. You, you know, looking back on it, they needed distraction. You know, nobody yeah. comes to a funeral home for fun. But uh, but I but way back then I learned that if I did personable or cute little things 
that these people would cheer up and they would come talk to me and, and this and that. And I think that to this day, man, that that's one of the things that fuels my compulsion, if you will, to make people around me laugh and smile. Oh, awesome, awesome. You know, so, I mean, I've always been kind of, I don't like being around stoic people, you know. I yeah. mean, we all suffer enough anyway. I like to to try to lighten people's mood and stuff. But uh, but I worked in a funeral home later in life as well. Uh, when I was in Jackson, Mississippi, as a teenager, when I was 17, I got a job in a funeral home as an apprentice embalmer. I've embalmed people. I've raised arteries. I've done sutures and incisions and all that kind of stuff. But this funeral home, guys, get this, owned a 911 ambulance service. Oh, wow. That so sounds like a dream job. Doing funeral home stuff, I ran the 911 police calls in an ambulance starting when I was 17. So that was a very intense Man. Um, gig to have. That was a super adrenaline gig. And uh, doing stand-up or, or, you know, performing on stage for a living is really the only thing that's come close to that intensity level that I do. And um, so that was that was quite an adventure, man. That was uh, that that was that was high intensity for a teenager. So what about if uh, Mike puts in his blast wishes that he wants you to do the embalming on his body? You think we can uh, make that happen? That would be awesome. You'd have to cover my expenses. I would have to get licensed <laughs> in whatever state. Oh, we're in Tennessee. You don't have to get licensed in Tennessee. In. And we have to have we have to have uh, a release so that we can put him in funny poses and post them. Oh, oh yeah, but, you know we're in Tennessee. You yeah, don't have those, to have that. Yeah, yeah, just those two little items is all we got. So yes. Yeah, we'll just do you it out here in the hell, back. Yeah. We'll do it out here in the back. We don't need any licenses. My wife, my wife <laughs> was thinking she needs that service this next week. Can you come <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could take care of that at deer camp. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, just take me out back and string me up like a deer. Hey, I got another thing I wanted to talk to you about. Something that, yeah, uh, buddy. something that we really, uh, I really enjoy myself personally too. So, competitive pistol shooting, man, what's that about? Do you still do any of that? Well, I, I don't. I haven't shot in. I haven't shot competitively in many, many years. Probably been twenty years or more since I was in a uh, a pistol match. But that is that is something I really, really enjoy uh, doing is target shooting. I started shooting in competition of all things when I was 10 years old. Um, my dad was on the police force in Jackson, Mississippi, and was a marksman, was one of their top-rated guys, and shot on the pistol team. And the... This pistol team, the Jackson, Mississippi Police Department, would tour the circuit and have pistol matches and tournaments with all these other municipalities around the nation. And we found out, lo and behold, that there was a children's division. They also had a division for spouses. So my mom and dad and I and my siblings, as they got of age, toured and shot pistols in competition. And I was real lucky. And I, I started when I was 10 years old. I shot 38 revolvers. And I've still got my competition pistol. It's a Smith & Wesson K38 Model 14 Masterpiece with a 6-inch barrel. Now, way back then, 
the uh, revolvers were more shot better than the auto loaders. They hadn't had them accurized yeah, yet. Yeah. So we all shot 38s in my family, but everybody else was shooting 22 in the kids' division. But we shot 38s because it cut a bigger hole, and you might need to to get in that next ring, and it might be just the width of that bullet that does it for you. But um, I had a very, I had a very good good run at that. I had aptitude toward it. It's like I'm a good aimer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. a really good aimer, um, and it's uh, it's such a fun hobby to me just getting to shoot now um i'm not as experienced with long guns as i am with handguns that was my forte my first first paying job was reloading the 38 caliber match ammunition for the jackson mississippi police department pistol team i I was 14 when i started doing that that was really that, that that was really cool, and that was doing it uh, old old school. You know, nowadays people just buy all their components and they put them together. But I actually melted the big chunks of alloy and scooped them when it was molten and poured it in the old metal um, uh, forms to, to make the bullets. I would go in and heat the stuff and pour all my forms, and then open the molds from the day before's bullets and remove them and clean them up and lube them and then load them. Do the child labor laws know about that? You have (laughs) making you work 14 for the police department making their bullets. (laughs) And and get this, I was 14 and drove home from school or drove over to where the place was. To the police. school on my way home, and I was 14. I didn't have a driver's license yet. That's what happens when your dad's a policeman, I guess. You can get away with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes there are some perks (laughs) and things like that. You know, young man, where's your driver's license? I don't have one yet, but my daddy's the other Truett Beaver, and I'm going to do it right now. Well, you you better hurry, son. You better quit poking around. Yeah, right. but, But then on the other hand, now, when I got older, the, that kind of turned on me because any time I was out with my buddies, the local cops would come up to me and go, Beasley, your daddy told us if we ever saw you with a cigarette or a beer, oh, yeah. beat your ass. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dang. So, so there wasn't a lot of there wasn't lots of debauchery hanging around with me when I was coming up. Well, we got a cool place over here uh, where we do our show. We got a little uh, gun range outside, and we do a lot of shooting out here. When you come to Nashville, sometimes we'll need to we'll need to hook up out here and kind of relive some of that shooting, that, man. Yeah. I'll be I'm back up in March. I think the third week of March. Yeah. Um, I'm at Zany's. Uh, what what like the twenty second or so? I think. And uh, I will. Uh, I'll bring my gun bag, man. All right, awesome. I can't shoot it anymore now that I'm now that I got bifocals and all that. <laughs> we all do too. Yeah. <laughs> I got but mine I laying on the counter. Just upgrade my deep concealment carry piece from 380 ACP to nine millimeter. Oh wow! That yeah. Fun. yeah, that that makes, that makes so, it a little bigger hole too. Well, I got better sights and a better trigger out of the deal. Yeah. Well, uh, that was my main thing. I like to be very precise. We'll take some targets so, and you can shoot some targets, and then we can take them back to Zany's. You can hang them on the wall if anybody decides to heckle. They know what's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll look at my targets nowadays and go, "Damn, these got such a palsy or something." <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! We won't hang them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, no kidding, man. 
Yeah, we had that one on a paint shaker, so. <laughs> we saw this uh, NASCAR album you had, and it had, like, uh, Leonard Skinner playing in the background. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, those guys still um, remain to be heroes in my book. Yeah. I uh, fell, fell in with them way back in old timey days, and uh got to do some projects and stuff. And when I was with Sony Music, they put out that compilation album. Uh, I think it was on the Columbia label. It's called Hotter Than Asphalt, and it was a compilation deal. And um, uh, Hank Jr.'s on oh, it, yeah. a, a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, Sony told me, to go, look, dude, come up with a funny song, and we'll stick it on this record, and then you'll have something already floating around out there when we release the stand-up project. Well, I don't sing at all. I cannot <laughs> sing. I'm the worst singer in the world. So I'm like, well, crap, man, I'm going to have to get somebody to do this song and then me say little funny crap during it. But anyway, so I went to my buddies in the Leonard Skinner band, Ed King mainly, the guy that wrote Sweet Home Alabama. He and a guy named Mike Estes, who was one of the guitar players, were good buddies. And I go, man, will y'all help me write a song? And they go, yeah. They go, look, man, we'll get the band to be your backup band. See if you can get us our own song on the record. So man, I went awesome. over to Sony Music, little me, y'all, and walked in and went, y'all, if Leonard Skinner is my band on this project can they do a song on it as well and their jaw hit the ground <laughs> they were like holy crap are you serious oh well, hell yeah <laughs> so 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 the skinner guys did their own song they have a cut on the album and then on my part they were my backup band so so that was that was an absolute treat man so they they were very good to me they're 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 good people there's not many people that can say leonard skinner backed them up <laughs> yeah. yeah right and uh so mike tells me a rumor is that uh you co-wrote most of their songs back in the day so i don't know if there's that's much... how, yeah that's how you keep your name off the album <laughs> that's exactly what that means man so some of those were about me, I think, though. Some of the ones about being stupid, back in those time. So, man, uh, what a, you've done a ton of shows, man. You've done a little bit of everything. Comedy Central, Showtime stuff, all the stuff with all these people. Uh, have you done some work with, like, Jeff Foxworthy and them kind of? I think you have, right? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff is, a, is a dear friend. He, uh, he and I used to do shows together back when I was the MC and he was the middle and somebody else would be headlining. And I tell you what, you put me and Jeff on the same show, by the time the headliner goes up there, buddy, he better be strong. <laughs> I don't I know mean, if you I got mean, a headliner after that. Jeff I mean, who's I, a headliner it, after you guys? Come yeah. on. I mean, it, you're it, a headliner Jeff yourself. And I together would wear them out and, uh, he always has been a class act, man. I tell you, somebody else now, um, you got to hit the ground running. Some of the hardest people that I've had to follow was the first time I met Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, yeah. He was, he was Dan Whitney, the freight train of comedy. <laughs> and we were, doing, and we were doing shows, of all things, in the Bahamas. And so, so that was 1990. So he was real good. He was the opening act on that one. Oh, and Lord. so you got to be. I, I told the pair, "Y'all better be glad it's me and not some regular person." <laughs> I know, you know that's right. He was. He's been great forever. Another one 
who opened for me that 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 I had to get in there and fucking go was damn carrot top. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, he <laughs> snubbed me, me at Opryland. File a carrot top. You want to. You, you want to learn about your mortality. In Nashville, I used to work at the airport years and years ago. And a couple of people that I met there that were comedians that come in, I actually met you one time coming in there. And I'm sure you're, oh, really? I'm sure that was memorable for you. But um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I met you there. And then I also met Carrot Top. And then both of y'all, um, I'm sure it wasn't the same time, but uh, both of y'all invited me down to the show. And I still remember that. So that was, that was a pretty cool time for me. Well, good deal, man. Awesome. I, I hope I wasn't mean to you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I actually think that you left me some tickets. I think that you left me some tickets and I got in the show. I'm a giver. I guess, I'm, yeah. I'm a giver. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, right, man. But uh, so well, Very cool. I know. We're trying to get Jeff on the show. I had some brief interaction with his management and stuff, and we're trying to talk him into coming in, and uh, now I can put some heat on him and say, Killer V said you're doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jeff, man. I, me and Jeff and Henry Cho. Oh yeah. Me, me and Jeff and Henry Cho were on a golf course one time, and we were that um, the three of us were, were hanging on on this one on this one golf cart, and our kids were little bitty at the time, and 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 we we were talking about how roly poly they were as babies, and I have boys and Jeff has daughters, but our kids were like, you know, six months, eight months old, that kind of stuff. So um, Foxworthy was talking about all the rolls of fat that you see on them when you're changing the diapers <laughs> and that kind of stuff. And he goes, Bees, he goes, he goes, she's so fat, she's actually got boobs. And, and I was picking a fat baby because, yeah, I've got a fat baby at the house. But Henry Cho, you know, Henry's young. Henry goes, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. And I thought Fox really was going to die. It was the funniest thing, man. He was just crying. We were screaming. He was just crying. He's like, man, he goes, I don't know why God hates me. He goes, I have all daughters oh, and gosh. all my friends are comics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I want to, we got to hear it one time. We got to hear your catchphrase. Save us! <laughs> Dude, I was real lucky with that. You know, they tell you, they tell you, look for some kind of a, uh, um, a callback. Look for a hook, something to say, you know. And I'm pitting around like, man, I have no idea what to, what to do, this and that. And at the time, I was, when I came up with it, I used to say save up just once in my act. I'd go out on tour, and I'd be warming the crowd up as the opening act, you know, and, and I'd tell them I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. If you've never been to Jackson, Mississippi, save up. Go to that second honeymoon. So that was kind of the way that started. So I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Comedy Corner, and I was on stage, the little opening act, and I'm warming the crowd up, and I asked this couple up front, and I'd already told them, I'm from Mississippi, y'all save up. They laughed and went on with my act. I asked this couple, I go, are y'all married? They go, yeah, we're married. I go, do you have kids? They go, we have five. Oof. And a woman <laughs> in the back of the room yelled, save up! <laughs> like that. And everybody freaked, and I went, holy crap, there it is. It's there been it the is. whole time. Oh, that's so, awesome. So I have gotten a lot of mileage out of it. It's two <laughs> syllables, so it's easy to remember. It's squeaky clean, yeah, and it yeah. can mean just about anything. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I'm glad so, to know that we found the origin of it right here on our straighthustling.com. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep, yep. So, <laughs> so super proud of that, man. That, that, that's been a lot of fun for me. What, uh, I saw you did a Phil Valentine's show. Have you done that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I've been yeah. on a few times with Phil. I've known Phil for a long time as well. He, uh, he's a really, I like smart people. Yeah. You know, Fox or the and all them, you know, cable guys, you know, even though they pretend that these guys are brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Phil Valentine's like that. He too, is man. I, I like smart people. They make me feel secure because <laughs> then, then I don't feel threatened by being a dumbass. Uh, so you we, know, if, if the people around you are smart, you're kind of sheltered. Yeah, that's kind of how it is with these two and me. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know which one's the smart one, but uh, yeah, somebody yeah, in here is. Definitely not me. <laughs> what about uh, So we have Phil coming on our show next week, so that's pretty cool, man. I'm really excited to talk to him, and that's kind of cool that you guys know each other from doing his show and everything. And so we'll, uh, oh, yeah, we'll have to man. bring you up. And he's great. Tell, tell him I said I love him. Yeah, he I definitely will. I wanted to uh, run through one thing. We got another thing called the hustling round here. So it's kind of uh, something where I'm going to ask you some questions and you kind of tell us the first thing that pops up into your head. Okay. You ready All for right, this? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. If you were elected president tomorrow, what's the first thing you would do? I would give everybody in America a drone. Let <laughs> <laughs> me get my vote. I'll do that. That's better than uh, yeah. all the other stuff they're trying to promise. What about John Boy or Billy? John Boy. John Boy, all right. Because we speak the same language. What about your favorite drink? Um, Bacardi Rum and Diet oh, Coke. Oh, shoot. We'll, we'll have to get you one at the show then when you come. Hell yeah. <laughs> NASCAR or Indy? Uh, NASCAR. Oh, I knew that. What about uh, the craziest comedian you've ever met? Holy crap, man. You mean like sick, crazy, bless his damn heart, or crazy <laughs> on stage? You can give us a couple Amazing of them. Amazing Jonathan. I like Amazing Jonathan. <laughs> we saw, yeah, we see I him. love the surprise and the flip the bonds of surly of, of earth vibe that Amazing Jonathan does. We got a good like story him. about Amazing Jonathan. We, uh, there you go. We were going to a show one time, and uh, it was at Zany's, and we came in, and we didn't know there was a group of people. They let us in, and we didn't know they had uh, those private parties. So we sat down. They had food. We started drinking, and we were like, oh, wow, free drinks. So we started drinking a drink. I was like, give me two, and Mike got him two. And, and uh, so we're killing the drinks before they catch us, and the next thing you know, they finally catch us and says, hey, where are your name tags? And we're like, oh, I didn't know it was a private party. So they're throwing us out the kitchen, through the kitchen <laughs> in Zanies. I mean, this was years ago. Amazing, oh, great. Amazing Jonathan comes up and says, what's going on? I was like, man, we come to see you at the show. And, you know, we came in. We didn't know they had a private party. So he gave us some tickets to come back later on. So that was, that was a pretty awesome night. Oh, yeah, very cool, man. Got some free drinks very and free cool. food before they threw us out. So it kind of worked out good. That's not the only time hey, I've been I got to say this, man. I miss, I miss some of our guys we lost. John Panette. You know, uh, Robin Williams this past year, but yeah. Tim Wilson, y'all. Yeah, Tim Wilson. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. Just, just let me say real quick, we, we all miss and loved Tim dearly, and, uh, and, uh, we, we wish he was still still with us too. Yeah, we, right. we wish they all were, but I guess, I guess Tim was the one that I had done the most, spent the most time with and had the most miles logged with. Well, you heard his voice and, uh, every friggin' week on, you know, John Boy and Billy. I mean, he, he was on there all the time. He's like a staple. So, you know, of course, you know, everybody that listens to that show, you're going to hear him, you know, every day almost. 
Oh, yeah. So, and he was great, man. We we would ride together when we'd go out and do tours. We'd, we'd stash his vehicle and go in mine and just talk and just, and we go way, way back. He was the second comedian I ever worked with way back 30 years ago. So, so we had, uh, we had known each other for, for quite a while. So I got one anyway. more, I got one more. And this one's going to, you might have to think about this one for a minute. It's toughie. So Dale Earnhardt Jr. Or Talladega Knights, Ricky Bobby. Junior. <laughs> Better than Ricky Bobby. Junior, man, I did, I'm on fire. I did a show for his Christmas party one year. So I know Junior. I've hung with Junior. Me and Junior, me and Junior have braved moonshine together. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going, so I'm going to say Junior. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> well, it's been great having you on our show tonight. Yeah, Kevin. man, this has Dude, been incredible. I you, I'm glad I got to do it, man. That that is very cool. And I hope y'all will come out. Uh, it's almost next month, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. And yeah. you come out in Zanies March 22nd, I believe that starts. We'll start shooting so, you uh, some. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll start shooting you some messages yeah. when it gets close so you know your schedule and everything and you know <laughs> when to show up. Yeah, know when to bring your gun to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do that, man. And then I'll be back, I think, around April 10th to do a uh, a big turkey hunt up there. I'm doing that, too, man. I'm doing a bunch of stuff for the Outdoor Channel. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm look, dressed up like a bush, sitting in poison ivy with a gun. I am funny as hell. So, <laughs> So, Everybody loves I sitting in bushes. Hurt you funny dressed up like a bush. All right, and uh, also, you. hey, real quick, I wanted to get a picture too when you get the zanias. If we can get a picture with you, and man, I just want to tell oh, you. Oh yeah, dude, be happy to. I just want to tell you one more time. Thanks for coming on, man. You got a real gift for making people laugh, and uh, yeah, you're the best, man. I appreciate. It. I'll keep in touch, and uh, we'll we'll we gotta take us up on that shooting deal. We'll come out here and, yeah, and uh, yeah, shoot yeah. us some stuff. Yeah, we'll pop a cap. It'll be fun, man. <laughs> All right, man. All right, love you guys. Thank you, Thanks man. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, dude. All right, bye. bye. All right, y'all. That was Killer Bees, or as his friends call him, Mr. Bees. He's got a show coming up in Nashville. We can't wait to go see it, and uh, it's going to be a good time. And uh, so who we got coming up next Monday, Mike? Clue me in. Uh, we got two MMA legends. We got Frank Trigg, and we got the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. And we got heavyweight champion of conservative talk show radio, Phil Valentine. If you've got any questions or comments for our guests, you can uh, leave it at our website. And with our website information, here's Stu. What's your beef, Stu? Hey, man, y'all be sure y'all hit straighthustling.com. That is S-T-R-8-hustling.com. Uh, while you're on there, be sure to check out all of our social media links. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. We also have a comment section. We'd love to see what y'all think about the show. Please go out and subscribe to Straight Hustling on iTunes or Stitcher. All right, y'all. We want to thank y'all for listening to our show. Remember, straighthustling.com. If you ain't hustling, you ain't living. We're out.